Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You're listening to SB Nation at the Super Bowl. We are very pleased to be joined in Miami on Radio Row by the one, the only, the internationally famous <laughs> Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, I'm curious, how often do you get like your family members texting you like things from Etsy, like little cute shirts that say like math is fun? Do you get those all the time? They, you know what, my family is up their game and just they just full buy it for me. Nice. So I have like a full drawer full of like mathlete, math lover, math, math, math. And you're like, got it. Thanks, mom. Wasn't your dad like a math? Yes. person yes my so, dad's an engineer too so there we go what time? he was an automotive engineer and he used to work on race cars so okay. engines designed for ra- i'm gonna like butcher this and he's gonna listen to it and be mad at me like the computer that runs a race car engine that was my dad so was he in ford versus ferrari we went to see that movie but he was gm okay so i was like dad was lee iacocca that good looking and he's like nope not even close so that's right where <laughs> I, I went to go see uh the social network when it came out with a computer programmer that's and, more like me and then when we walked out he was just like grumbling about all the inaccuracies he could see in the code on the screen oh for sure so oh, was, was sure. your dad like that was he grumbling afterwards like that's not how it really was i mean the fact that he even told us he wanted to do something because you know there's a lot of over, like me my mom my sister we're all like loud horrible women in the best lovely way but you know the fact he actually was like we i want to do this thing we're all like oh okay so we just kind of enjoyed it <laughs> so you said uh the social network programmer was a lot like you uh, everybody knows your analytics queen analytics god all of it um <laughs> How many devices do you use? I'm always curious. Do you have like six iPads or like or like MBM, whatever? I don't know. Yeah. So the interesting part is most of the time I carry my laptop with me. Like I only have my laptop in out here in Miami because I can like VPN into my home okay. computer. So my like everything at home, I've got a bunch of screens. I kind of look like I used to be a banker. So I'm like used to that multiple screen like lifestyle, right? So at home I use multiple screens, but on the road I only take my laptop because if I were to try to travel with, you know, this, the stuff that sits in right. my closet, it's just way, way too much computer. It'd be like an extra whole bag. Do you run it all off your own servers or do you have like a cloud server somewhere? I do have a cloud. Okay. You know? well, don't say I'm, it. I mean, because be careful. Actually, you know, they sponsor my stuff and I'm like, can I, can you come on AWS? Like my stuff runs through AWS and I'm like, can you just get, can I have it for free? No, mm-hmm. not Seriously. Yet. <laughs> I want you on the, the commercial where it's like AWS does this and that and this. I want it to be like Cynthia's But then the problem is, is then like on game day morning, like the Microsoft Surface tablet. So like it kind of conflicting. So what's you know? the most uh, predictable analytics thing you get all the time? The like most, what's the most, like the highest win probability and stuff like that? That what you get all the time? Yeah, I think people want to know win probability probably the, the, the most. I get a lot of people who come up to me and ask me who they should play in fantasy right. for certain things, which is... Like, I, t- I text you my start sits every yeah, week. No, no. I, I mean, like, I think I get a lot of questions like that. But I think also, like, 
they the people who understand it when they see like a high number. So this past season, anything that was like over sixty percent of the simulations turned up as a Monte Carlo simulation. So when it was more than sixty percent, it's like this sounds like my um, Anchorman stat, but like you know that was up in like seventy six percent correct. So people would be like, which which one are your sixty percent? I get that a lot. Like what's over sixty this week's in? You know, and you're like, right. okay, awesome. this this. All right, I have like three questions. I'm gonna hit yeah. you with like real quick. Let's go. The first one because I just want the shortest answer possible. Yep. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Chiefs. Cool. Second question. I'm sure you factor in when you're doing like predictive analytics for like all the games all year long, home field advantage. Does it factor into the Super Bowl at all? No. So there's zero advantage either way. No. Travel like distance? In there, if they were to get here the day before, sure, maybe. Um, but they don't. This this is a this is like a bye week and then you have a vacation. like the harder part really Super Bowl experience does factor into my model because if you've been there before and you understand all of the requirements and how tired you're going to be, like these media availability, these questions, like constant, like overstimulation. So this stuff. year it doesn't factor in the experience, really. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only two players, like so. If you look to see which team, only I think it's like what Emmanuel Sanders and Richard, and Richard Sherman are the only two on the Niners with experience, where you've got a whole bunch on the Chiefs. So, okay, so back to home field advantage. Yep. I'm sure it differs from team to team, right? Sure does. Worst home field advantage in the league has to be the Chargers? Currently, sure. So ultimately, look, home field advantage is is a tricky thing because if you move, like when is it your home? You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, can you really consider Mm. like, and it's even Dignity Health. Now, what was the first one? Like stuff up, like, you know, like all the different names, right? So is that their home? Like, I don't even know. Like, so I think the fact that they don't have a home is a disadvantage more than being at home is an advantage, right? Like that's very awkward way of saying that, but you know what I mean? Like the, the lack of kind of home base is a disadvantage, not an advantage. So for the chargers then specifically, does being on the road, um, help i guess because that that factor didn't change when they moved you know i mean like that's that's an equivalent sort of situation yeah i when it when it came to charge i can't remember like the exact number in there but they they had the of in the rams too really the a low factor for kind of difference between Mm -hmm. it it was travels like obviously if you're going on the east coast there are some differences there but you know it's it's or if you're going to london if you're going to mexico city there's some differences there but it's it's not the home was not a, a a positive net for them. Even the it took the Cowboys a while in their new stadium for that to have, and it it, it for it was negative for a while. Right, it's like, still that way. Right, so you know it's like that's not it. It takes a while. Like I just don't know when something becomes your home. That's that's my question. Is like when when is it home? See, I covered the Cowboys for SB Nation, and I know that you've uh, worked before on developing offensive line metrics. Yes, can you explain that? Because I have a lot of questions. Totally. So ultimately, I was told once when I was like very early in like this journey to become like, you know, work, work in analytics, um, that there was nothing. Russ Grimm, who is a prolific, Hall of Famer. yeah, prolific, also the, should be Hall of Fame coach too, right? right? Like, could be both, right? He had the coolest thing. I was at his Hall of Fame induction and yeah. he talked about he was going to get all the hogs stitched inside of his jacket. Exactly. Really exactly. So uh, for those who don't know, he was a Redskin. Mm-hmm. And then he was, when I met him, he was the O line coach for the Tennessee Titans. And he was like, nothing that, and he was fun, nothing that you can say will ever be useful 
useful to me and whatever. It's like, sure. So I took that as a personal friend and I tried to quantify a waist bender because that's like, you know, all offensive line coaches like waist benders. I don't want any waist benders, right? Like negative, unfavorable leverage, like getting pushed back so that your quarterback feels more pressure. I just started with passing downs because that was easier for me to, you know, mm-hmm. it, you had to start somewhere. So what I eventually found was if I measured, so I took computer vision and I basically, it looks like the yellow line, like when you watch on TV or the first down line, I can measure like where a hip, a knee, a butt, <laughs> big fat men's butts they don't move very far so it was easy for me to measure right i can measure that in passing situations and you contextualize them by down distance score game situation so awesome. what kind of quarterback all these different things so i took you know i think it was like something like one hundred and thirty-five thousand passing snaps and tried to create what is an average amount of pushback because sometimes pushback is strategic sometimes it's not mm-hmm. but i figured out when it was too close to the quarterback so i did some work with you know like your peripheral vision you can see 135 degrees most human beings can so if you look where their head is looking when they're moving when the quarterback is surveying and most quarterbacks are a little over six feet tall so i tried to measure you know a three foot halo i went i expanded it to five started with three because i thought your arm is three but five is better proxy that took a lot of time to get to just that just so we're clear um and so i measured how many times people got pushed back and then i what correlated that back to find if it was causal. So causal means it's actually related, right? Not just correlated, which we mean could investigate more to what happens in their first 10 split of their 40. Mm. So if you keep your bum down, if you're a big old man and you're a tackle or a guard, you keep your bum down for the first 10 split, you are far less likely to be a waste spender in the league. Most people don't keep their butt down. Taylor Lewan, he kept his butt down a lot. That's one that comes to mind because I that was the draft where I really measured it. And he, I was like, he's going to be good. Wow. And he went like really high. Everyone thought he was going to be good. I was like, no, he's actually going to be good. Yeah, like I can prove right. it. Right, <laughs> right. Like who's the uh, who's the good offensive line that like no one knows about yet? I think the Niners get a little overlooked. The interior of their line is is a little dicey, but Joe Staley being back is a huge deal. Like the difference with pressure that left left tackle position, the the replacement that huge like third you know Jimmy Garoppolo's under pressure like a third less of snaps on passing downs with Joe Staley than without so his injury replacement is better both of these O-lines are actually pretty like very interesting very interesting to me they've had some really good performances both are very strong both have some weaknesses though but I think as far as you know they're probably like five and eight overall in the league and I remember like a couple years ago the Chiefs offensive line took a lot of flack like they had issues like two or three years ago so they really turned it around Patrick Mahomes on the run you know being able to like (laughs) like shift where the pocket is or not have a pocket or whatever like he's pretty special at doing that right so and also if you're able to run efficiently on first and second down like the Niners have well you your pocket's a little bit more protected because all of your passing options are then available on third and short right or and a running option so you keep defenses a little bit more honest so the shape of the defense is really helpful you know if you're if you're not constantly facing third in a million right Mm -hmm. like our third and long or you know if you're not constantly these like really unfavorable situations then the shape of the defense will help dictate how the o-line can help they all work together philip rivers will know that he does know that today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. You you uh, uncover and unturn a lot of stones, uh, as evidenced by the three foot, five foot halo. Yeah. What is the most um, 
ambiguous quality. And because, like, I have to imagine, like, measuring the offensive line thing, like, Pat Mahomes has to make that difficult because it's it's not this sort of stationary thing that it always is. No, but the but the luck the lucky thing for me is that the so like to do good data science in my opinion, you know, what I've been taught is you take a historical sample and then you measure it against like the current sample mm-hmm. and you find doppelgangers. So things that resemble other things. Right. So the doppelganger set, the historical set gives me a good basis because there weren't a lot of like super mobile quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. So right. it actually shows how like good he is above that as opposed to like influ- influencing like when, so like there were a lot of pocket passers in my sample. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that actually helps me. So that, that I got lucky on that one. Let, sure. let me be clear. Some things I don't get lucky on. Like it's way more ambiguous to me. Safety play, the impact of safeties and, mm-hmm. you know, not having to drop, like when you have seven in coverage or when you have those five in coverage, like, all these different sort of like defensive schemes, like that's a lot harder to quantify in terms of like, all right, because I've been spending a lot of time working on a lot, of, like way too much time. I got to figure out safety is better. That's like my sort of like a two year project. What have you learned so far? That they don't get a lot of shine, but they're super important. And you only really know when they aren't there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Tyron Matthew is a when Tyron Matthew is able to be when you see him, it re- like when he's doing what he's doing well, which is like not biting on play action and staying back in coverage. You know who gets the sack? Chris Jones. So it's it's really not easy to quantify like hey, he's smart enough not to right. not not to get out of position. Yeah. So that's hard. and you got to I mean, look, the the Chargers safeties are awesome, right? Like they're different kind of types types of safeties, but mm-hmm. like, you know, like when Adrian Phillips and Derwin James were together, that's a way better situation. So it's funny you're talking about like trying to understand safeties better because I remember your obsession with Jamal Adams. Oh, I'm still obsessed with him. Future cowboy Jamal. So and, and probably and we we don't need to go into I Jamal did Jets Adams preseason. So we don't. <laughs> but my question to you is: Have you started looking at the draft this upcoming year? Who's your favorite player that you're just like I really want him to end up on the Detroit Lions? Oof. Well, I don't know if I would like wish that fate on anyone as a lifelong <laughs> Lions fan. I like it's very difficult to like. I mean, look, I love, I, I will always love them, but as a, I'm a long suffering Lions fan. Um, look, the Lions are lucky because the things that this draft are really good for, namely wide receiver. Like you could throw a dart and hit a great wide receiver in this draft class in the first two rounds, right? You're so. But Lions are kind of lucky. Like, they don't need it. So what I'd really like from the Lions is some good effing strategy. Give me Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Give me Chase Young. Like, stra- str- like str- you have the third pick. There's a bunch of people who need quarterbacks. Like, strategically figure it out so that you can maybe, like, trade back two, get someone, go- like, or get Chase Young. One or the other. Yeah. So but you know? what I was trying to ask, who is your Jamal Adams this year? Who's the guy that you look at and you're like, he's Ugh. going to be an impact player the moment he steps on the field. Well, it's Chase Young. Like he's okay. he's my best player in the draft. Like I, I, Gene I, is now very excited. You are <laughs> perfect. I mean, I'm from Michigan, saying that too. So you know, like this there's absolutely. No, and yes. I went to Northwestern, which doesn't count because it just doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> Who um on the subject of Jamal Adams, I guess Grant Delpit or Isaiah McKenzie? I know it's really early, but where do you fall right now? Whew. That's a great question. I'm I'm gonna Thank have you. to look at it a little bit. I mean, I, I want to say I've done more work on Isaiah McKenzie, so mm. I, I'm a little biased still with it. I'm not like I kind of start where people don't start because I like so the way that my dra- my draft prep works is like as these people are, you know, they'll make lists and they'll do all these things like I my sweet spot is like I want to help teams. So right now I work with teams so like in this time of year, like once TV switches over to draft, I'll do more TV on draft and talk more about these first round guys. But right now teams have 
like I consult with teams and I help them create a strategy for free agents. So I've been more, a little bit more focused on like acceptable substitutes, free agent versus draft to try to navigate mm. like the wide. So I've been really focused on the wide receiver situation because, you know, if, if a team's really smart, they'll go snag a wide receiver. Like go pay Emmanuel Sanders right now because it's a known quantity. Yeah. Right. But only if you have the other personnel that right. make that work. So, to, so I've been really focused on just because there are so many. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I've I've spent my time focusing. That's fascinating. I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh at like the, the Lions fan saying like, go get a known quantity wide receiver and then like, don't go get a wide receiver when you don't have the rest because of their history of just, yes. yeah, no, I lived it. Yeah. I, I, I lived it. So, <laughs> okay. So um, one last question. I was telling RJ earlier that uh, I love to ask you questions about like, have you factored in this? Have yep. you factored in this? Yep. So I'm going to pay Gina back because she was just riding high and now she's going to be riding low. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. 28 to 3 factor in at all? Sure, because when you have 28 to 3 and you create some like look, I specifically remember Devontae Freeman not picking up a blitz. That really changed the cadence of the end of that game. And I asked Marshall Falk, who was working at the NFL Network at the time, I go, did he not pick that up or was that play call? And Marshall looked at me and he laughed. He goes, I would have made that block. Mm. And I was like, I know, I know you would have, yeah. but like, you know what? So the the play, it's not that, that you got stung so bad. It's the decision-making after that. Like, and you've seen Kyle grow at like just a ton. But it's still in his history. Right. Sure. It's just like, it's in, you know, your history that you, you know, in Little League, like, you know what right. I mean? Like right. we all have our, we all have our history. Just most of us, you know, it's not really at the Super Bowl with millions and millions of right. people watching, you know? It's interesting. It. Kind of like, you know, we've all like burned our hands or whatever. I mean, it's just sort yeah. of muscle memory in that point. Totally. Cynthia, bring the podcast back because this this Let, was fascinating. I know. Let's go. RJ, RJ was a listener. He was Game a listener. Money. Game Theory Money podcast. Every Listen, week. I, first of all, anything you do with Matt Money Smith is like, he, it's gold. You guys are the pipe. great together. And nobody makes me laugh like unexpected. Like money will just like look at me and say something and then I'll like uncontrol. Like, and it's real too. It's not like a courtesy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the TV like, <laughs> not, nope. It's like I'm on the floor. Like can't breathe. <laughs> Bring it back because the O-line thing, the safety thing, it's incredible. Cynthia Freeland, Thank you. queen of analytics, queen of everything. Thank you so much for taking <laughs> the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. 